Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And a very pleasant welcome to After Hours with Defoe and Luby. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz, and happy to have you with us here on Believe Podcast Network. Uh, it's going to be great. I uh, always look forward to a uh, conversation with this uh, gentleman we're about to introduce to you. Uh, I, I always liked uh, athletes that could just carry the load. In other words, if you looked at a defense and Lawrence Taylor was on it, uh, all of the other defenders on those Giants team could easily just ride on the back of Lawrence Taylor and uh, ride his wave of greatness into uh, their own uh, level of legend. And the same thing, I guess, to a lesser extent, uh, Ray Lewis uh, had that same kind of characteristic. And uh, we're talking about defensive players here, but yes. uh, you have to be on the offensive if you're in the media. Yes. And uh, this gentleman was Quasimodo-like in building the <laughs> afternoon drive time at WEEI in Boston, which is, uh, you would have to say, the mecca yes. of sports talk. Some people would say the fan. A lot of people would go back to Eddie Andelman and say, hey, WEEI, they kind of pioneered this thing and very, very strong following. But he had to carry a couple of stiffs on his back uh, for a long time now. Now, one is retired. I don't know if they replaced him. In uh, Glenn, Ordway, Glenn Ordway and uh, Lou Merloney. We welcome Christian Fourier of WEEI fame and, of course, longtime NFL player and uh, was there in the very beginning uh, with uh, the New England Patriots and many other yeah, organizations. Uh, Christian, welcome to the show. Yeah, and, uh, you know, big-time number one fan of uh, Luby and Depot show. Do you know I put Luby's name first? Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, he's doing it now. And, uh, you know, he's on the left side of the screen on our video streams that we do on uh, this thing called Ion Channel because uh, we had to pick up a job. Uh, we got caught up in a little corporate squeeze. And, mm, uh, you know, yeah. And all of a sudden, after like uh, 20 years of slaving over a microphone for these people, they said, we're going in another direction. And, and we said, well, we could go there. We have a car. <laughs> we'll go any direction. <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, Wait, it wasn't it country was like, music, was it? No, no country music. Nice. No, not country uh, yeah. music. You know, Hispanic uh, ballads, I, I think they're playing on the station now. They're getting better ratings, too, which is uh, unfortunate for us as we try to reference that to uh, other people that we're applying for jobs with. Uh, Christian, how are you, my friend? How, how are things going? WEI, what'd they do? Did they replace Ordway or did they just leave you in there with Merloni having to carry this guy all by yourself now? Yeah, at least I, my back isn't quite as sore because Glenn is gone. Now I'm just carrying one guy. So it's not nearly as <laughs> bad. But, uh, you know, no, it's, it's not. Uh, no, they didn't replace Glenn yet. You know, first of all, how do you replace Glenn? I mean, the guy's a legend. No way. You know, he can't do it. So, no, we've been kind of just, you know, pushing that rock uphill on our own. And it's been fun. It's been a nice little change. You know, it's like we're off to college now. It's like finally we leave the nest. Or he leaves the nest, <laughs> and then we have the house to ourselves. Whichever analogy works best for you. You know, it's great. Ordway still had game. You know, I mean, it, this was, was a guy that was uh, on broadcast with Johnny Most, for God's sake. And uh, yet, as uh, we experienced uh, when uh, he was trashing us on Radio Row a couple of times after <laughs> you kind of, you know, <laughs> indicated to uh, Ordway and Merloni that maybe our thoughts on uh, them being on the show weren't as favorable as others in Boston, <laughs> and, and certainly as radio management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he still does. Uh, the, he was still, still does shot, the man, show. and he still had it right to the end. So he, still, he still does the post game shows uh, nice. for the So he works every Sunday. He'll work on Saturday, Saturday night when the Pats play uh, the Colts, you know, and so he's all dialed in. Good for him. Christian Fournier of WEEI, the afternoon drive show uh, with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. 
All right. Well, last year, I mean, we were writing the epitaph of the New England organization. It was all over. Bob Kraft's only headlines he was making was not picking up Super Bowls, but uh, picking up uh, arrest warrants and subpoenas. As uh, you know, the cops had to be stunned when he came out of that uh, Asian spa and he said, you'll never believe who's in there. I mean, they're trying to find some uh, homeless guy that was committing a series of robberies. Next thing you know, Bob Kraft is in there with uh, these uh, Asian massage uh, girls and you know, the place was uh, under scrutiny anyway, but uh, they looked dead. Cam Newton was a shot fighter last year. I, I saw the Patriots play a horrible game uh, at uh, Hard Rock Stadium against the Dolphins where Cam Newton re- really looked like uh, he-, he couldn't throw the ball a lick and uh, appeared to be finished, which I-, I guess he may be again after this brief comeback that he made. But it-, it looked like it was all downhill. People were writing off Belichick, saying it was Brady all along. So uh, it- that spirit has to uh, be wildly different this year, as uh, the Patriots seem to have found the next Tom Brady, and Belichick looks brighter than ever. Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny how the, the pendulum swings the other way. You're right? You just give it enough time. The remarkable part is how quickly they were able to do it, right? So they were 7-9 last year. And for most teams and for most, most like, you know, coaches, that would be a four-win team. But, you know, because it's just – you just they were devoid of talent, you know. But Bill really did an excellent job coaching. Cam did the best he could. So then the offseason comes around. Uh, they go crazy spending money, a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, and all those guys ended up being contributors right away. There wasn't a miss in the in the mix. And then they hit in the draft. They hit with their 15th pick. They hit with their, you know, their second-round pick. They hit with their third-round pick. All these guys are playing. They're all studs, all of them. So, and then you kind of bring in the effect that, okay, well, the quarterback that you pick is like a, a sociopath when it comes to, like, you know, studying. <laughs> and, you know, and well, he is. Like, we call him Robot Jones because wow. he's so – like no feeling, no emotion. He just wants to play funny. I mean, play, play, play football. I actually called him the other day. I called him. He's the NFL's version of Buddy the Elf. You know, since this is Christmas time, like Buddy the Elf only wants to talk about Christmas. He's a true believer, and this—that's the way Mac Jones is with football. And that's—and that's not an exaggeration. That's not me trying to you know build it up. They really hit on him. Like if Bill could create a quarterback in a lab especially as a rookie, someone who would listen to everything he said, that would do everything correctly, that would self-analyze, that would be a good teammate, and guys would trust. That's who Mac Jones is. They, they hit it. Well, there are a couple of uh, really surefire signs that he was going to be a big success, uh, Christian. As uh, Luby despised the pick, thought it was the uh, biggest reach in the history of Mel Kuyper. He even started uh, gargling with Moose himself uh, after uh, they made that selection. And uh, he, he was uh, asked uh, for his analysis. And, and then it, it did appear, uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, sometimes you just take a look at a guy and you're thinking, wow, that, that guy probably fits everything that, that Belichick and, and the Patriots organization has been all about. Uh, and, and I think you saw signs of this in the preseason, like in this guy's first couple of games. No, yeah, I agree. I feel, you know, the, the big changes, you know, the Patriots, played an inner squad had an inner squad uh, practice with the Giants and Cam Newton missed maybe two of those practices so Cam got to basically run the team on his own and there wasn't any indication like he thought he was just borrowing it he rolled in there and he owned it from day one did we lose Christian oh there he is huh oh I thought we lost you there for a second there right 
Oh, okay. I'll I'll stop moving around. The, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> cell phone crop out. Uh, the biggest fear in the industry. <laughs> you know that, Christian. Yeah. Cell phone crop out. Yeah. yeah, I guess the point is, is that you know when he had his opportunity to take control of the team, he took it. He didn't act like it was it was it was it was it was theirs to give to him. He went out and took it, and I think that's a unique mentality that some rookies don't have. They just wait for the coaches to give it to them. He went out and he took it. We're talking with the one and only Christian Fourier, host of Afternoon Drive, uh, Fourier and Merloni, famed WEI, also uh, played for the Patriots, played in the NFL a long time, and did, I don't know if he still does, but did preseason games for the Patriots. Christian, it's funny because when you say this term about a player, it's sort of a slight assistant player, but the reality is when an organization runs a system, runs it well, and just finds players to fit the system, that's as good as it gets because you don't have to be down forever. If you know what you're looking for in players, you know how to put players in the right position to win, like the Patriots have now done for 20-plus years, as sick as it makes me, it's why they can reboot so quickly. Why do other organ? and I get it. We, I think we've talked with you about it, talked with other people. Not everyone has Belichick, but you would think organizations would try to implement systems better, but no one can do it really like the Patriots. Well, I mean, again, everybody has a system, but, yeah. you know, everybody also has a different set of philosophies mm. and, you know, and standard operating procedures, if you will. And when it comes to developing young talent, really just coaching in general, just because you're in the NFL doesn't mean you're a good coach. <laughs> just because you're coaching at Ohio State doesn't mean you're a good coach. Like, funny. I can tell you, I've had so many crappy coaches. Wow. Like so many crap in the NFL <laughs> where I sat there and I said, this guy doesn't know what the F he's talking about. Wow. Like he, I just knew it. Like he didn't know what he, or he knew what he was talking about, but he didn't know how to teach it. Mm. It's like great hitters in major league baseball. Yeah. The greatest hitters in the world are probably the worst hitting coaches. Yep. Why? Because they sit there and they teach you and they go, I don't know what the hell your problem is. Just hit it. Like, well, <laughs> hell. Like, you're a great hitter. Like, it's easy for you to say that. But other people need to be coached up. And every guy is different. So that's why I always feel like, for the most part, you know, their coaches, they have a really – like, Bill has a really good system where, where, where he teaches young, young coaches. Like, they, they start at the freaking bottom. And then they work their way up. Like, they don't advance to level two until they master level one. Wow. And then they master level two. Then they then they go. But it still doesn't mean they're a great coach. Still doesn't mean they can coach players. Talk about personalities, strong personalities, grown men, established veterans. You have to be able to earn their trust. You know, and you have to have a, a long, uh, you know, history of credibility. They all have that. You know, so when they say this is what we're doing, you believe them. You know, um, so I think for the most part, you know, it starts with the head coach. It always does. And then it trickles down. But, you know, they've been fortunate. They've had good coaching. And then they, they for the most part, they've had good players. I mean, that, and again, that's really show me a good coach. I will show you a coach that has great players. Yeah. Honest to God. Like, it, it goes hand in hand. Show me a crappy coach, even if we all think he's good. If he has crappy players. He's going to be in the crappy bucky coach list. Like, that's just the way it works. WEEI is afternoon drive host. And as we said, I mean, uh, Merloni, 
Just really uh, following in your shadow, uh, Christian Fournier uh, with us here yeah. on After Hours with Adipo well, and Luby. Yeah. Well, what happened to that criminal, speaking of radio shows, uh, that uh, drove the snowplow out there and uh, ruined Don Shula's life in the snowplow game many years ago? Three nothing. Uh, nobody could uh, move the ball an inch. And uh, does he have like a right wing political show now somewhere I would on the station I would, in I would, Boston? I I was loving life in California. I had no idea that game even took place. I was going to say, probably way before his time. <laughs> well, they reenacted it, though, uh, the other night. I mean, that was great. Now, did you get one of the uh, leather helmets that, that uh, the team wore when it came out to uh, pass the ball three times, Christian Poirier? <laughs> three times in today's NFL. Normally, you have that on the first series. A quick three and out, and then uh, off to the sidelines there, we'll start to run the ball. But... Uh, uh, what did you think of that? Because, um, you know, for me and, and uh, many people that I know that are uh, New England fans and uh, Patriot fans uh, thought that this was the ultimate demonstration of Belichick genius, where uh, he, he figured out this strategy and it was kind of like uh, watching uh, Angelo Dundee, uh, you know, kind of diagnose well, uh, some kind of uh, strategy for a fighter that probably was uh, going to be uh, against it and uh, found every way to take advantage of what was going on out there in terms of the conditions. Well, I would say for the most part, all right, listen, he, I think the, the, the idea to run was like, we're just going to run it until we don't have to. If, if we're running it and we're winning and our defense is playing, you know, you know, awesome, then why force the issue? To me, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a greater risk. Now, if they needed to pass it, they would have thrown it. I don't really think it's that simple. People are going, oh my God. The game plan, master class in running the football. <laughs> like, I think it's a little, it's a little bit much for me. Uh, you know, like Baltimore. I mean, uh, Buffalo. They're not, they're not a running team. Like yeah. Josh Allen is their run, is is their rushing attack, and they're not a good running team. So, and he's good enough to throw it through that win. And I would say, yeah. if they had one regret, they probably wish they would have thrown it more and yeah. earlier. You know, and um, you saw how good they were in Tampa when they played against the the, the, the Bucks the other night on Sunday in that afternoon game. Like they came back, you know, it was it was a great. They they just you know they couldn't stop Brady when they needed to, you know, in overtime. But otherwise, listen, that's a real good. That's a good team. It's a dangerous team, and you know they have some flaws like most most teams do. But ultimately, like the Patriots in the end, I feel like have the least amount of flaws. That's what makes them the most dangerous. I don't know. Uh, do you guys venture in? I, I would imagine WEEI uh, still is uh, caller uh, prone. That uh, you guys have people calling yeah, in on your talk shows because that, that, that's uh, been a, a strategy that a lot of stations and talk shows have gone away from. But uh, uh, do you have any high level of tolerance, uh, you know, for people that, that are calling in, say uh, after they uh, lost a bet like uh, that that Buffalo game where you get beaten on a touchdown in overtime after your team had the ball in the first possession when every other team is just going to settle for the field goal. Now, you know, let's kick it and get it out of here. And uh, you, you get beaten on a touchdown. Do, do you get a lot of people, uh, the uh, hard-drinking uh, Bostonians that are sending it in with their bookmakers, oh, calling and bitching about losing a bet like that? And what level uh, of uh, patience I mean, we, do you have with them? You know, we, we, we take them. We, we'll, we'll take them, and we'll deal with them for the most part. And if they're good, we'll leave them on. But listen, the crazier you are, the better. You know, <laughs> I'm all for it. I don't really... I don't sit there and, uh, you know, um, uh, I don't, I don't screen them that way. I, I just like the crazy. That's all I care about. <laughs> all right. And now you guys cover everything there. And, uh, you know, obviously Belichick's drawn a lot of attention. Number one team in the AFC. Uh, we do look at this, uh, here in 
South Florida, where the Dolphins are on a five-game winning streak after burying themselves, uh, getting off to a one-and-seven start. But Jacksonville's two wins, Christian Fourier, speaking of coaching, and I, I want to get your opinion on uh, this whole Urban Meyer situation uh, <laughs> and see what you think about it. But uh, their two wins are over AFC Eastern Division teams. They beat Miami and Buffalo. I mean, is that necessarily, you know, not a scathing indictment against the AFC East and making the path for the Patriots even easier this year? That Jacksonville, no, the worst team in the league, so. somehow has a couple of wins over AFC Eastern Division clubs. No, the Jack Jacksonville sucks. That's a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, their coach is a complete waste of space. I can't. I mean, Urban Meyer is such an egotistical clown. You know, I just, I, you know, as a as an NFL vet, if that guy came in and was doing what he was doing, I would laugh in his face and walk out. <laughs> he's just stupid. You know, it's like he thinks he's coaching freaking kids, you know, that are indebted to him and they can't leave. And they don't have a spine. Like, you know, the best thing about, you know, making money in the NFL is, you know, at some point in time, you'll have some sort of leverage, you know, and you'll know more than the coach. You played, I played 13 years. I felt like at that point in time, there weren't many coaches that I, that knew more than me. So, and they couldn't bullshit. Like, this guy, like, that, you know, there's a wonder, like, the older guys are, like, you know, calling him out, you know? And then he can't hide behind his boosters or the president. Yep. He's just become exposed, and it's really just – it's really sad, to be honest with you. And he just – as of right now, he doesn't belong in the NFL. Like, go back to college where they'll kiss your ass if you win nine games and take them to the Weed Eater Bowl. You know, do that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear your bullshit. Like, I, I'll talk all day on this guy. Like, you guys are nuts. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. He's a liar. And he's like, and he's fully, he's just, he just contradicts everything. Yep. He doesn't even know the freaking players on his own team. He's how stupid he is. Like, whatever. But anyway. But we I'm, hate him. That's all I got today. I'm going to end with that one. That's fine. Yeah, you, you could forgive him uh, the sadistical uh, strength coach that he had on the uh, roster and the whole clown show with Tim Tebow and maybe even missing the team playing to uh, go uh, to another engagement, uh, maybe out of bar mitzvah to go to. But the twerking, to throw in the twerking thing, I, I yeah, thought it was exactly. just uh, pure, <laughs> unadulterated uh, Urban Meyer audacity. I mean, uh, that, that was just great. And it maybe uh, epitomizes everything that this guy uh, was all about. Christian, uh, always a pleasure, Good my man. friend. Send our guys to right, Lou Maloney. Does a brilliant DeForest impression. And uh, we hope to talk to you guys again soon. And uh, thanks so much for joining us here on After Hours here on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, guys. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Good luck, Christian. Man. Thanks. All right. Very good. Christian Fournier, uh, Michael Lubinovitz. Always very straightforward in his Urban opinion. More than us. He can't stand Urban. That was amazing. <laughs> that is great. I mean, all of the indiscretions of uh, Urban Meyer. See, and, and uh, we were talking about this yesterday on our Ion Channel show where you would think that uh, the college coach would be held much more accountable for his behavior and uh, the way that he was uh, treating and supposedly guiding these young, impressionable men who are uh, going to formulate, many of whom, as the uh, PSAs always say from the NCAA, a lot of these guys won't be going pro. And you're thinking, okay, you don't care about any of them. <laughs> That's why you're running a PSA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say how much you care. I mean, uh, let's face it. The only thing you care about is the money. Yep. Uh, but uh, you would think that the college coach would be held uh, far more accountable, and yet uh, he was so Opposite. insulated, as Christian Fourier pointed out. I mean, uh, he could hide behind a wild blocking screen of uh, alumni and boosters and chancellors and administrators and boards of trustees. 
because uh, you were, uh, you know, beating your arch rival, right? Yes. You were knocking off Michigan every year. That's it. That's what we've seen in college, year after year after year, winning cures all. And the NFL, yeah. and it's funny, in the pros, you, you would think winning is over everything, but we've seen, look, Belichick was at his prime, and whenever they would cheat, they would get caught every time and get slammed. So just winning isn't enough in the pros, but for some reason in college, when you're supposed to be with all that character bullshit, somehow it goes out the window when you're winning. It's the funniest thing. That was a great Tony Bruno, who uh, actually a long time ago said, uh, you know what you guys ought to do? You ought to quit yep. those radio jobs and do some podcasts. Yep. yep. He, he was way ahead of his time. He, he was doing uh, like we are on uh, Ion Channel, uh, the video and audio streaming. It yep. only took us like 12 years to come around <laughs> it. But as Tony Bruno would say, and of course, uh, from Philadelphia, uh, one of the, uh, speaking of original uh, sports talk stations uh, that had, you know, a huge impact, uh, the, the uh, sports station in Philadelphia. What was that? The WIP, WIP in Philadelphia. And uh, that, that was one of the landmark uh, sports talk stations uh, anywhere in the country, uh, along with WEEI and, uh, I guess, WFAN. Yeah. As people said, what? You're going to talk sports 24 hours? <laughs> yeah. And now that you can gamble on sports 24 hours, there's even more incentive to talk about it. And, uh, of course, try to procure some of that uh, gambling capital that's floating around out there. Hello, FanDuel. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Have show, will travel. Exactly. That, that's, uh, you know, that, that's uh, definitely uh, the way to do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, with one of the landmark stations there, uh, Christian Fournier, uh, pointing out that, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a disgrace. You would think that the pros it would leave the guy even less accountable for his behavior. And yet one year in the pros and all of a sudden people are, uh, you know, saying, really? He had Aaron Hernandez on the roster there? I mean, at I Florida? He knew about the gun charges, huh? Yeah. Wherever he's gone, he's been a, a freaking criminal. Of course he goes to the Jags and does some crazy-ass shit the first year. <laughs> like, he can't even make a gear. <laughs> yeah, as a great Tony Bruno would say. Philadelphia Radio, WIP, of course, Network started. Radio. He's one of the original guys on Fox. Yes. I lost my train of thought. I know. I wanted to hear the end. You actually got me. I love Tony. <laughs> it's an outrage. Yep. He doesn't really talk like a frog like that, but he has kind of a, a, strong, a deep, a real strong voice, yep. Yeah, very distinct voice. Tony Bruno, the great Tony Bruno. I want to pay homage to him because uh, it really is. It's an outrage. That was his big slogan there in WIP. Yep. Great, great. Uh, I, I don't know if they're still going strong. I think they are. Philadelphia, big sports uh, town, no oh, question. Yeah. I mean, we worked in Miami. Unfortunately, a lot of people it's said that to one. me. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the only way to say it politely is it's the most fucked up sports market yes. anywhere in the country. It's a big market, but it's. Very transient. Where like you're competing with New York and Philadelphia and Chicago and L.A. Where people Nobody have been cares fans about for here. years. Miami, yeah. everyone's a different fan of a different team. Hey, you go to the game yesterday? What no, I was sailing on my yacht. So. <laughs> I was at South Beach. <laughs> oh, right. Trying to garner that Palm Beach audience. Forget about that. We're all at a Trump rally. <laughs> exactly. Is he coming back? I don't know. Wow. I'm more worried about signing day. <laughs> I don't care about Trump. Yeah. All right. Uh, signing day uh, doesn't have the impact to me that it once did. Well, the it early really signing day is stupid because the early signing day is too early. Like if like these coaches, like Crystal Ball is going to do some fun stuff with Miami, but he's not going to do what he will do for next year. Like you come in with six days to go, you have no shot. And then the next signing day, everyone signed already. So it's like lost a lot of steam. It's sort of stupid. It used to be a big thing, man. We yeah, used it was to do huge in February. And, uh, it was huge here, college football in the Deep South. University of Miami was very prominent. Everybody was interested in Florida State, Florida. Even a couple of other schools were starting to make inroads, uh, like the University of Central Florida. Not so much when recruiting 
was a deal that that you could uh, you know literally uh, plan like 12 shows before signing day yep. and have nothing but recruiting talk and the people uh, you know the, the ratings would be staggering and uh, everybody uh, was calling in hey what about little johnny jones is he going to uh, um or nebraska there was a guy named max Mfinger. had kind of bozoic dark hair i had a big jewish afro there he looked like he might have been able to be a sideman for daryl hall <laughs> right <laughs> but he was a recruiting guru uh, so they speak, uh, although I think it turned out in the end that he was like a complete fraud. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to disparage the uh, I, I don't know if M Finger is still around. But, uh, he he was the go to guy for all of us. He was the only guy that was into it. He was way ahead of his time. And people would call up. They, they would line up like at three in the afternoon for a show that started at six to ask about where little Johnny Jones was going. It was great. I don't get into it as much, uh, you know, as I used to, maybe because our schools aren't as prominent. Here in the state of Florida anymore, all right, uh, and, and maybe I just don't care. At like seven years old, I mean, who, give, uh, who gives a flying <laughs> one about recruiting? Oh yeah, they got who? A little Johnny Jones, huh? Exactly. Heard he's good. Okay, well, we're, we're going to get out of here for today. Uh, tomorrow, a good friend of ours from South Florida. I think you're really going to enjoy Craig Minervini. Yes. Does the only dead-on Bob Murphy, <laughs> the former Mets announcer, impression, and we hit him right away every time he's on the show with us. So we'll probably do it again tomorrow. With a gentleman named Craig Minervini, Valley Sports Florida, Valley Sports Sun. He does Marlins games and he does Panthers games here, uh, NHL and uh, local baseball. And, of course, known around the country for uh, many different things, was a wrestling announcer yes. at the beginning of his career. Actually, I'm pretty big. With the WWE, yeah. Yep. I mean, he was a uh, young, mean gene. Yep. And the guy doesn't age. So he'll join us tomorrow here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Thanks so much, Luby. You have a great day. As well, sir. We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow with Craig Minervini. I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks uh, for tuning in, everybody, and uh, making the show look like it's uh, gaining in popularity. Is that still the case, uh, Luby? Yes. Every day we're doing pretty well. So thank you for tuning in, and hopefully you keep checking out After Hours. We didn't get any cease and desist from no, Ron or any of the no. people there, I believe. Everyone's Because as we like to say, as we sign off every day in Tug McGraw-like fashion, I just, who would have figured that Tug McGraw, the relief pitcher for the Mets, would, would have a son that was a monster country music star? That's so funny. Isn't that amazing? That's classic. A monster. And, and you know what? I saw Tug McGraw kind of like uh, playing with a band at, at some uh, function I was at one time uh, for, uh, I think it was for the Marlins. And there were like eight people there, like there are at the ball games. And uh, Tug McGraw is up there singing with a band, and he introduced his son, and, and you would have never thought, wow, that, that's going to be like the next big superstar. That is his kid, right? Tug McGraw? I think so. I believe it is. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going with it. Now that I'm saying it, I'm thinking, wow, how no stupid idea. do I look? No, there's no, uh, nothing to do with Tug McGraw. No you got to believe. Buy or lease a Taos and take it to the house at Deal Volkswagen. Anna and her team make your next VW purchase or lease so easy with new inventory rolling in daily and the biggest selection of certified pre-owned vehicles in the business. You can make your deal online at dealvolkswagen.com or visit the beautiful showroom in the classic location, 3601 Bird Road, right in the heart of the Gables. Or give Anna and the team at Deal a call at 305-448-DEEL. Jettas, Passats, Tiguans, Atlas models, and the hottest vehicle in the industry, the new Taos, all at unbeatable prices and all ready to roll off the showroom floor at the number one Volkswagen dealership around, Deal Volkswagen. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa 
at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Verizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to 10 times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? The championship meet is right around the corner at Gulfstream Park. The only place for live racing, Gulfstream's action has never been hotter. Whether it's on the track, in the casino, or part of the dining and entertainment offered at the village of Gulfstream Park. Currently running Thursday through Sunday, Gulfstream's racing package is the best in the country, with all the top horses and people in the game pointing towards another tremendous winter season. Check out the remodeled First Floor Casino, open seven days and nights a week, along with the many special events and concerts happening at Gulfstream Park. You can place your wagers from anywhere at firstbet.com. Check the calendar of events at gulfstreampark.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.